Welcome to Open to Explore, the FBC Athens podcast featuring conversations exploring the intersection of faith and life. This episode features the sixth and final sermon in our Let's Talk 2020 series. Matt Marston, Senior Minister at First Baptist Athens, shares that grace removes the barriers of difference and becomes the path for healing. It's this last in the series on Let's Talk, and today, race is the topic. I'm guessing some of you have some feelings about that. You might be tired of hearing about race. I've met people who've said, it's in the news, I don't know what to do about it, I don't want to talk about it. There are some people who think that just talking about race makes it worse. We probably have some topics in our families that are like that. Just don't mention it. And we, you know, human beings can live in denial for decades. It is possible. Some of you might be confused, especially if you were alive in the Jim Crow South, you might think things have changed so much. Things are better, it's more just. Can we find something else to talk about? Some of you might feel guilty or fearful or hopeless. And with all that in mind, I'd like to make a simple suggestion to answer the question from my, I know, second bad title in a row. I'll do better next week. How can Christians support racial justice and healing? One word, grace. Grace that is for all. God does not count our faults and flaws against us, but God sweeps us up into love that is undeserved, that has been made real and permanent in Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Here's the bad news about grace. We need it. We need it. And we only know about grace when we are in touch with our own flaws and imperfections. And that's no fun, is it? Grace means we are less than perfect. And grace means that we do what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5. We no longer view anyone from just a human point of view. I hope no one noticed that I'm preaching on the same text as we did in September. If you did notice, forget it. (laughs) Banish it from your mind. (laughs) We don't view anyone, Paul says, a human point of view. Instead, we are entrusted with, God's people are entrusted with conciliation, which means bringing things that are far apart back together. Easy to say, hard to do. To live and look at people only from a human point of view is this kind of natural. And what does it mean to look at people from a human point of view? Well, that's easy. We just divide people up. In and out, good and bad, us, them, white hats, black hats, right, wrong, innocent, 
guilty. When human beings are insecure, the easiest way for us to find some security is in our group. It's a place of safety. Uh, my very favorite therapist, Elizabeth Marston, says that when human beings are insecure, the fastest way that we can feel safe is to get together, but so often we get together by pushing someone else out. So political polarization is a symptom of a deep and profound insecurity. We are insecure, and so we want to be right. We want to feel good. And so we can either do two things. We can live kind of in denial about ourselves, or we can start pointing the finger at others, which is, for my money, much more fun. It's much easier to point the finger at someone else. So when it comes to race, what often happens is that, and everyone in here that I can see is white, this is a mostly white Baptist church, the easiest thing for us to do is either to pretend that race is no big deal anymore, or, or we can say, well, I'm not one of those racist people. We can try, either way, do you see what's happening? We're trying to be innocent. We're trying to be innocent. Grace doesn't mean we're innocent. It means that we are forgiven. One of my friends, uh, Timothy, is a black pastor in a white denomination. And he said that he is so tired of talking to white people about race. I said, me too. But what's your reason? And he said, uh, I feel like most of the time people are talking to me about it. Um, they're just wanting me to help them feel better. I said, what percentage would you say? And he said, 83%, which is unbelievable. How did he come up with that? But anyway, most, most of it, most of it. See, grace, grace frees us not to be innocent, but to be wrong and loved. To trust in God's grace means that we do not have to get someone else to help us feel better. We don't have to get someone else to help us have a little guilt relief. Instead, grace sets us free, and this is a temptation, Sometimes we talk about grace as an excuse. Oh, we're covered by God's grace, so we don't have to do anything. No. Grace is fuel for action, for love, for, as in the meditation text, what Howard Thurman calls love that is not a series of artificial or hypothetical relationships. It's easy for me to say, oh, race isn't a problem for me, hypothetically. But what about on the ground? God invites us to pursue reconciliation. 
And it's not optional for Christians. Read the New Testament. Read the book of Acts. I mean, the book of Acts shows this explosion of novelty, of something new in the world, which is a fellowship of people from different races and cultures. It was unheard of in the ancient world. And it's right there in our DNA from the beginning. So it's what we're called to, but it is hard. It is hard. Often we fail. When I was a student at Duke, I promise you I'm not going to bore you with seminary stories every week, okay? Hang in there today. When I was at Duke, my third year, there was a program called Ubuntu, which is a Zulu word that I think is actually kind of made up, but uh, (laughs) it means, it's told to mean I am because we are. It's a sense of we belong to each other. Uh, We exist only in and through each other. And the program was like a semester-long series of talks and guided discussions meant to bring white students and black students together. It sounded good. Sign me up. So I signed up. I was so excited because I had been feeling so guilty for so long. Part of my uh, experience in seminary was having my eyes open to my Baptist roots and what they meant, to, uh, to colonialism. You know, I began to feel guilty about 1492, something that happened, you know, gosh, where, was my, where are my ancestors? I don't know. I was longing to be innocent. I was longing to be pure and clean, and I wanted to have it through this process. Well, even though the program Ubuntu had been successful for years, we hit a snag in our process pretty early. Some of the black students um, had some objections to the process, to the way things were going, and Our leaders, the staff leaders, reacted strongly, and pretty soon, guess what? We were polarized, almost entirely on the color line. And uh, I thought, what is the big deal? Here we are. We're doing this program for reconciliation. Everybody get on board. we got a process. We can make it happen. We've got proven results. But it wasn't. What they were, there were all kinds of issues that I didn't understand. Later, I did. But the main thing was, the main thing was that the black student said, we feel like we're kind of accessories in this process. That our real flesh and blood reactions, we're, we need to suppress them so that we all can get along. The process felt artificial. It felt formulaic felt rushed and it ended up being kind of a disaster in the school staff left and uh, friends that I had we weren't friends anymore because I was thinking y'all have ruined my process it was all about me (laughs) you've ruined my process to help me feel better But that's what happens when we try to make things rushed, and I would say that's what happens when we're not relying on grace. Me wanting to be innocent, me wanting to be one of the good white people, that's not grace-filled. 
me being willing to see my own flaws, live with them, and trust God in the midst of them, now that's grace. That's grace. George Yancey wrote a book in 2006. He's an he's a African-American sociologist at Baylor. Wrote a book called Beyond Racial Gridlock. And in that book, uh, he said that our nation has a wound. And it's not healing. And he said this in 2006. He said it's not healing. And if a wound's not healing, it needs stitches. And he said that Christians can be stitches over the wound. We can't fix it all. But we can make connections, just like one stitch from one side to the other, and make healing possible. Possible. But he says there, it won't happen easily. It, won't, it would mean you know, Christians from different churches agreeing to meet together for years. Not a box we just check off. But because of grace, we can fail. We can do those things that are hard. Uh, Cornell West, you might know him. He's a Princeton University philosopher. He's the guy who's on the news in the tuxedo and the afro. Um, he said something that I thought was just so perfect, and it kind of sums up my version, vision of the Christian life. He said, as the uh, protests and, and all of that in the light of the George Floyd killing, he was on the news and he said, we have got to fail better. We've got to fail better. If we're perfectionists, we won't do anything. If we have a plan, it's going to come to nothing. He said, we've got to fail better. I thought, that's it. And Christians can fail better because we trust God. We trust in God's free grace. In other words, that sense maybe you had of uh, hopelessness, that sense of impossibility that we have when it comes to race in our country, that might be just what we need. Because so often, grace doesn't come because we're not ready for it. Or not, it's always coming, but we're not open to it. It's only when we admit that we are licked that grace comes in. Uh, if you need a chapter and verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. God's power is made perfect in weakness, not in our plans, not in our best intentions. God's power is made present and strong and beautiful in weakness. And so that means, friends, you don't have to be innocent. You also don't have to be in denial. You also don't have to make yourself feel better by showing how others are wrong. That is cheap, junk meaning. And even, you, even, even when I'm doing it, I know it's not real. I know it's not real. Instead, we don't have to have all the answers or a plan. We can trust instead that we are forgiven and loved in Jesus Christ with a mercy that is unimaginable and that can set us free to try and fail 
because then God can get to work. There was a United Church of Christ congregation in St. Louis in 2014 in the aftermath of the Michael Brown uh, protests. And they were debating in their congregation uh, what, to, what to do, how to respond. And a, a, a group in the church wanted to put up a Black Lives Matter sign in front of the church. They said, this is the right thing to do. This is the message we should, we could, we should send. Another group in the church said, no, that's a it's been tied to a political agenda. That's, it's too partisan. It's alienating. Uh, you know, it's trying to make us look like something maybe we're not. They prayed and wrestled and struggled, and this is the sign they came up with. They put in front of their church a little banner that said, we have not always valued black lives as we should. And they hung it out there for people to drive by and see started some real conversations and it began a real process of healing for that church. How do you hang a sign out there like that? Only when you trust in God's amazing gift of grace. Thank you for listening to Open to Explore. The FBC Athens Podcast featuring conversations at the intersection of faith and life. Coming in December is a daily podcast featuring devotions for Advent.